Welcome back to Brother Brother. It's episode 44 where we are recording on June 19th. So some things may have changed um, because, you know, that's how things go. Whatever. Uh, one thing that hasn't changed is I'm still freaking sick. But this is a different kind of sick, I guess, because it's this cold, uh, this cough that just will not go away. But I'm taking medicine and I'm getting that tussin in. Um, with me, as always, my brother, Jonathan, how you doing? What's up, everybody? And I'm so sad to hear that you're sick. I wish you had this amazing immune system like I do, and you only got sick once a year. Um, mm, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to ask you to suck a bag of dicks right there. Yeah. We all got we all got our struggles is what I'm trying to say, I guess. You know, I'm glad to see you bearing your cross humbly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, I'm doing well. It is beautiful. I've spent the last few days on the beach, and um, it overdid it on Saturday, and I'm just now beginning to be normal again. But on another note, happy Juneteenth uh, day. Yeah, happy Juneteenth. Um, we'll talk a little about that later, but I uh, just wanted to hit you up with that, you know, from one brother to another. And I mean uh, not just a brother. I mean like a brother, you know, that base brother. Uh, but – Big things coming, man. Big things coming. In uh, mid-July, I'm going to be releasing a new podcast. And I'm, I'm super psyched about this because you've been talking about it for a while. And I know um, I've been on a couple and they've been really fun. And I know you have a few in the bag that I can't wait to hear. Um, but yep. yeah, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what it's about and how they can so, get involved too. Because you're looking for uh, guest hosts, right? And guests and stuff. Yeah, I will always be looking for guests for this uh, new podcast. It's called Getting Ranked. Uh, one of my favorite things from Tempe's World and sort of all the podcasts I've done or listened to is uh, I love ranking and listing things. I think when you make someone, you know, give you your top ten, your top three, whatever, uh, it forces them to make the hard sacrifices and really figure out what they really love and what they really appreciate. And through these discussions, you know, we're just going to talk about basically anything, um, you know, we've we've recorded a few already, as Red said, um, talking about Star Wars, the original trilogy, looking at Batman villains. Um, we're going to do a bunch of stuff with the Marvel Cinematic Universe just because I'm a big fan of that. But, I mean, I'm talking anything from beers to condiments to Pink Floyd albums. So if there's something you really love, you have a passion about, and you want to talk about it and you feel like ranking some stuff um, – Hit me up on Twitter. You know where to find me. Tempe WMF. T-E-M-P-I-W-M-F. Uh, and just be listening on this show and obviously on Twitter because I will definitely be um, putting some more information out as that gets closer to release. Yeah, and I can attest it's a lot of fun. So you guys are going to definitely want to check it out and probably even participate. And listen, if you have some some subject you want to talk about that I know nothing about, I will do the research to get into it. So if it's like your favorite um, female-led cartoons of the 80s, I will watch – I'll sit through Gem. I'll watch My Little Pony and all those shows I didn't watch because they were yucky as as a young man or young boy. Um, I'll do the research, you know. So looking forward to that. In uh, not-so-important news, I stopped playing that stupid mini-golf game. Um it's just it was just a game where it seemed like 
I'm not going to say it was a pay to win because I, I don't know. Like I, I did put some money down, but you know, it, it improved the game a bit, but not so much that it was worth uh, paying into. But then the problem I, I came across was that it just got to a point where it's like, it was putting you up against like uh bots. Like you're not playing actual other people. Sometimes or a lot of the times you're playing a bunch of um, AI that stack the deck against you. And that's just kind of frustrating when you're trying to, you know, just play a game for fun, knowing that you started out without being able to win it. Yeah, and I think one of the things that is obviously turns you off and basically is sort of killing my buzz and probably going to make me do the same thing, um, remove it off my phone, is just the idea that there are different levels. It would be all right if you could play all the levels at all the different rankings. But there are some levels that you'll never play unless you literally pay to buy enough coin to skip through the farming that you have to do to get to those levels. And, you know, I think most people probably wouldn't mind if farming was was the way you had to go if you were if it was being farmed fairly. You know, the idea of having, you know, you the entire round you have the wind against you and the entire round the bot has to win with it. You're like, okay. You're not even trying to hide it here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was fun at first, and then, yeah, it just got ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, I kind of feel like that's a lot of apps these days, so at least definitely in the game market. They're like, you know, if you want this game to be fun, you're going to have to pay for it, and it's like, you know, I have real video games for that. Yeah, I, I miss the days when you could just pay, like, you know, back in the day when you first got uh, your cell phone you just pay 5.99 for a game and then you know you get the whole game you get the whole game and you play it to your heart's content and then mm-hmm. delete it cuz you didn't have room so you wanted to yep. play something else I I'm there I'll pay 5.99 I'll give you the money just don't try and make me pay over and over and over again for fictional clubs and fictional gloves that don't do shit you know, and that's kind of my beef with um, uh, PUBG, too, really, at the moment. And and not just PUBG, but all the, these other games where, like, you can play to get, like, skins and stuff. And I don't mind, you know, playing to get skins. I mean, it's all cosmetic, so I really don't care. But it's just the... It feels like a bit of a F you to, to um, give you this stuff that you can, you know, use your points and stuff to, to get... And then know that you'll never get anything good unless you pay to get it good. You know, like, I don't, I can't tell you how many t-shirts I have from these PUBG crates. Or I'll, I'll get a crate and then have to pay 250 to open it up. Like, no, I'm not doing all that. You know, it's kind of, it's ridiculous. Well, the thing for me is this. If you're going to make me pay 250 you need to give me more than just one item. Because if I pay $10, I open up four crates and I get three t-shirts, I don't care if they're different colors. I don't care if they're different styles. That's a waste to me. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're like 10 jackets, a bunch of like sweatpants, a bunch of like custom of skins you can get for the guns and for, you know, the other instruments. So your the frying pan, like all these things. If you're going to have some that are basically pay to have, just have put them in the marketplace and leave it at that. Yeah. Stop teasing. Exactly. Stop with the teasing. Um, it's been a crazy week on Twitter, man. Uh, the, since we recorded last week, I think uh, we recorded what last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like I've had some of the craziest, some of the craziest conversations. Some of them really good, like real thoughtful conversations. I got into this conversation with these two gentlemen um, about, you know, basically some people were talking about Kathy Griffin, who was like, you know, basically saying, oh, you know, if you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, fuck you, you're the worst and all that other bullshit. And we got into this discussion about vote shaming, you know, and and the real reasons why Hillary lost. And um, someone then, of course, you know, obviously it came into a, you know, name calling um, with Bernie bro and Hillary this. And and so I made a comment because um, someone was basically saying that Bernie Sanders, you know, because of his work in the 70s had uh relationship with the minority communities and that you know this idea of him having a blind spot was overblown and i basically was just like that's that's you know that's that's incorrect you know Mm -hmm. um he obviously didn't the fact that no one outside of new england and a few people in chicago where he worked when in the 60s you know people didn't know him and there's a reason for that and that's because he in his past while he's been working for his state he hasn't always been as visible or as vocal working with other national groups. And that happens to senators all the time. But you can't act like that's not a blind spot. Like the fact that people didn't know him. He, if, And obviously I don't think he ever thought that he would be on a national stage like this. Wait, what are you um, saying? You're saying he does have a blind spot? I do think he has a blind I think he – I don't know if he does now. I think he's done a lot to repair that since the – um, since he started running last in 2016, but I think in 2016 he definitely had a blind spot when it come, came to building a network of you know uh, of a network of people who could work with different minority groups who could say, oh, I, re- I remember seeing him at these marches, at these rallies, at these at these things. You know, I think obviously it helps when Bill Clinton's your husband. That obviously helps to make it more easy for Hillary to say, you know, I've been, I've worked with a bunch of these groups, and obviously also having the Clinton Foundation gave her a lot of um, name recognition. But I think going into this next election, should Bernie run in twenty twenty, whether or not he should or not, that's a different question. I think if he goes into um, twenty twenty running and uh, running again in 2020 he has the ability to say you can't hit me on that again you've seen how much i've worked how much i've increased my outreach how much um i have helped be an integral part of building you know this outreach of to multiple communities well i guess I don't know if I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know if, if that's a blind spot or if that's just bad PR. Like he, he didn't advertise himself well or something with all the things that he's done. That doesn't seem like a blind spot to me. I think a blind spot is, is saying that, that you ob- that you aren't like part of the conversation or something, or you didn't don't know how to have that conversation. Um, it, it could just be that I'm, looking at it in a different way, but I don't think he has a blind spot when it comes to like African-American causes and concerns. I think when, what what I mean by that, by a blind spot, I think from the way he re he reacted, the way he stumbled through the black life matter stuff, the way he had to be coached through a lot of 
um, a lot of interactions with mod- with like the modern minority struggle. I think that you thought he had was... to be coached through that stuff. Listen, he when he re- I remember when the two girls they're doing the protests and the two young women um, uh, interrupted, if you want to say that, or protest, whatever. And he gave them the mic. They had the conversation. He allowed them to speak. Then he continued on speaking. Um, afterwards, when he was like trying to talk about that, um, he stumbled through that interview at like afterwards. I remember it took him like two days before he really had a consistent message of basically, listen, I support, um, because he basically was saying, you know, you know, he's more of an economic, um, democratic socialist than he is a social I don't think that's true at all. I mean, he supported gays way back when that shit was unpopular. I I understand that. What I'm saying, his message largely, and one of the criticisms, and I think was a fair criticism of his his, um, initial movement, was the fact that he looked at things as economics first, race second. And I think that's a fair criticism. And I think that spoke to the a blind spot of the fact that like you don't understand that well that even if that is true even if economics are more damaging than race is you can't tell that to a minority community that you should be looking at the money first and we'll also solve the race as we go along like that was just i think one of the fair criticisms and i think that you've seen since then that he has worked to correct that i don't Okay, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. I didn't think that that was his message that we need to fix economics first and then we can fix everything else. I, I never got that from his message. I always, I always got his message was we need to do both at the same time. Um, I mean, I think that's largely what that's largely the way I saw it at the time, and I still think that's largely the grand idea of it, but I think it's a fair criticism for people who make that criticism. And if you look at some of the speeches they've cite and some of like, you know, just his reactions and in interviews and, and just his own words, I think there are times where you could say that's a, that's a fair case to be made for that. Hmm. But anyways, it was, I, it was a crazy conversation that ended up going into this, like, Ended up being a real good discussion between uh, myself, another African-American man, um, and I don't know what the other guy was, so I'm not going to guess, but we all came from different um, like different minority backgrounds, uh, but we all had different views, but we had this weird Venn diagram of agreement with just these little small triangles of... Uh, disagreement or not even disagreement just like you know different views of things so i've had some crazy conversations uh that were fruitful uh, i've seen your twitter feed you've had some that have not been as such uh yeah like this crazy notion that somehow subway sandwiches are are bullshit sandwiches i think i, I don't know where people ah, get this God. notion um, There's a reason why they have five dollar footlongs, which aren't even footlongs. That meat is. Have you ever looked at Subway like ham and bologna? I think this is a thing that people just hate Jared Fogle, and they're taking it out on Subway, and it's not fair. Listen, here's the deal. I think Subway is 
edible food, obviously. It's not like terrible food. I'm not going to act like that. I'm not going to lie. Like, listen, you get that uh, Monterey Jack cheese, especially if you get it right after they cooked. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that shit is legit. But, I mean, let's not act like they're fucking Jersey Mike's with that fresh oil and vinegar and, and that crispy I mean, Jersey bacon Mike's is next level. Club. But, I mean, like, Subway isn't Firehouse Subs either. And, and that's hella garbage. Well, that's fucking true, man. Well, I mean, like, um, that stuff's fucking gross. I don't know if there are any more blimpies around, but I remember the last time I had a blimpy, I thought something was trying to burrow its way through my fucking stomach. Um, you know, it's funny. I, part of this big conversation was, like, someone mentioned Jimmy John's. I haven't had a Jimmy John's in a long time. I kind of feel like, based on everyone else's reaction who aren't in the conversation, maybe I have overrated what Jimmy John's tasted like. I mean, Jimmy John's, I think, is good, but, I mean, it's not the end-all, be-all. Well, that's the thing. I was like, man, Jimmy John's is off. It's so good. And someone's like, Jimmy John's, I mean, they're all, they're, they're, I mean, they're all right. I was like, okay, maybe. And I just kept getting that reaction. Like, I mean, yeah, it's good, it's good, but, I mean, it's not, like, nothing to write home about. I'm like, damn. Maybe I fucked up somewhere. <laughs> That's all right. I'm Jersey Mike's till the day I die. Jersey Mike's. But enough of the Carson Corner. Let's talk about a little bit of stuff in the news. And it has been a crazy time for the Trump administration. This last week has just been a whirlwind of... What international events, controversy, I guess success if you have the lowest bar possible. Uh, where, I mean, where do we start? I guess we should start with Kim Jong Un uh, and the meeting in Singapore. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? On how well it went over and how much credit people seem to be giving him? <clears throat> I think it was exactly what, like what we said it was going to be. Um, it was just a uh, <clears throat> a meaningless nothing of of a uh of a meeting nothing really happened there's nothing going forward but they acted like they hit it out the park i mean if anything this was a win for for uh north korea because i mean we get, they got us to stop the uh, the the exercises which they've wanted us to do forever they get to stand on the stage with um america as a, like an equal in in, in uh, not just the region but also you know the world um, you have the fact that, um, you know, uh, you have, you have Trump up there saluting Kim Jong-un's, uh, generals, you know, North Korean generals, which is not a good look for, you know, for us. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what did we win out of all this? That's what I'd like to know. I'd like somebody explain something to me because, I mean, he promised denuclearization, but there's nothing written in stone for one. And then two, it's just all, um kind of pie in the sky type stuff i mean like we said there's nothing concrete there which makes me wonder like how quickly this shit goes south um it, i and just a little side note i heard they played him uh saluting the general just over and over and over again in north korea like on state television they just were like playing it over and over again like look at him saluting our general like, they're going to use that shit yeah. forever. And it makes us all look uh, bad. I mean, and then on top of it, even if they do denuclearize, he took out, he he didn't um, make sure that we would have verifiable denuclearization. Like, uh, 
there won't be any inspection inspections. Like he basically kind of gave them, he didn't give them the deal that we had with Iran, but there's a lot of the blueprints in there, you know, but just without like any of the, the teeth of it, you know? Um, so yeah, like, like I said, it's a, it's a win for, it's a win for North Korea. Ah, oh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Um, how long do you think, uh, before that shit goes south? It's going to go south immediately. I mean, next year we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out just how bad things actually were because, um, you know, that's when we'll start doing our, our, um, <clears throat> Our exercises again, or that's when they're supposed to start doing them. And if we'll actually start doing them, that's going to be an interesting question. An interesting thing about uh, Trump and North Korea, and really the United States and North Korea, um, China basically is the gateholder to all the sanctions that the international uh, community does because they basically uphold those sanctions and prevent the import of. Lots of goods, lots of technology, food, weapons, all those things. And uh, Trump just put the trade war back on the, back on the stove with the heat boiling. Uh, he's expected on Friday to slap $50 billion of tariffs on imports from China. And China is expected to retaliate, imposing a 25% duty on $34 billion in export from the United States, including soybeans, corn, beef, poultry, automobiles, crude oil, gasoline, and coal. Like, the markets don't like it. His his own party doesn't like it. No one seems to like it, but he just seems hell-bent on doing this. Yeah, and it's one of those... I just... I don't understand... What what the end game is, you know? Why do you keep pissing off one of our? I mean, we owe China so much with that, you know. Like this is just not a good move on any level. So I don't understand why he felt the need to continue to to piss them off. You know, he's like he's pissing off all all the people that you just don't piss off, and trying to cozy up to all the people that just do nothing like he, he he's all about Putin he's all about uh Kim Jong-un he's all about all these dictators and all these strong men but then he wants to piss off China he wants to piss off uh our trade partners like Canada and Germany and the rest of the EU and I just I I don't get what he gets from it and what pisses me off too is the partisanship lately that that we're getting from this you know you can even see it you see it with uh this whole thing about these kids that are being um separated you know i mean the the fact that we are separating kids like not unlike nazi germany did you know i mean putting them in cages and you have people arguing over what exactly constitutes a cage like if that's your your play then you are definitely on the wrong side of history you should not be on the side of history that is okay with people putting children in cages and separating them from their families i don't care what you think they did that's just a bad place to be. It's not a good look. Well, it's it's the thing that, like, it, it pisses me off. Like, I'm glad at least the Democrats are there finally all in unison after, um, what's his name, Mankin from uh, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. That dude, that dude should just become a Republican just, like, because he votes for Trump all the fucking time. He literally had to be dragged in with the rest 
of the Democratic caucus to do they could unanimous well, unanimously be against um, caging children. Um, but like you know, they're using this shit as an election item because they easily could be like, we're not going to let anything else move forward until this shit is fixed. And, and that's what really ticks me off about all this is that they're not going to do that. Like you said, it is an election item. It's a um, you know something that they get to. Uh, it's stock all, it's all, over, all over again. again. Yeah, it's something that they get to say. Hey, look what the the uh, the right is doing and, and the evil that they're doing and, and all that jazz. And then they get to you know the people on the right get to say cry some more libtards and rule of law and all that shit. So it's like it's one of those things that does not help anybody to to fix. And it's just a shame that the people who are going to be hurt are these people that really don't have a voice. You know, so it's okay to hurt them. And that's the most fucked up part about it. And the way people are justifying it and the way people are just allowing it to continue to go on. I saw Laura Ingrid, Ingard, Ingrid, Ingram. whatever her Ingram, whatever her name is, on Fox. And she was, you know, defending um, the department of uh, the DHS secretary and basically was just like, um, that's they aren't prisons they're not cages it's looks like a boarding school and i was like fuck you first of all i don't know if she has kids but if they if she has kids and they go to a fucking boarding school they're not in a fucking cage right no fucking way and if it was okay then why do you have to do all the shady shit to separate these kids well, not just separate these kids why do you why are you rejecting and preventing elected officials senators both from the from DC and state senators from even going into these places. Why do you have to have days of preparation mm -hmm. to clean up and get shit straight before you allow the press in? Like this stuff is just so criminal. It's one of those things where and I've had Star Wars on my mind a lot recently, but it's just that moment where you realize, oh shit, we're the fucking empire. We're not the rebellion. We're the fucking right, empire. and then on top of it, I mean, like this—this this is how fascism, you know, gets get started. This is how because it's everybody, you know, one thing that's bucks the norms, you know, and, and everyone's okay with it. And then like it's just not—it doesn't come in all at once. It comes in inch by inch, and, and that's what we're seeing right now. You know, all these people who are just okay with all this, all kinds of malfeasance because. Is there people doing it, you know? I mean, I just hope that in 30 years from now, someone's not revising that poem. First, it came for the undocumented people, and I said nothing. You know, like, that's what it feels like we're at this moment where if people don't, people in this country don't stand up and start saying this is unacceptable. And this is the reason why I told my wife 2018 is so big for us, because if the left can't do can't get their shit together to win in 2018 god forbid to lose in 2020 they lost in 2018 and 2020 i'd have to get the fuck out of here <laughs> i'm moving to new zealand like at this point it's one of those moments where it reminds me of the book night um from ellie wiesel where there's this traveling guy who comes around and he has a young man is has been friend with this guy and he comes back and he's like, people are disappearing. You have to leave. You need to leave. Your family needs to leave right now. And everyone shrugs it off. And then the Nazis come. Yeah. And it's that idea where right before shit goes bad, there's always that moment where 
you feel the itch that says go. And I hope that doesn't happen in this country. And I know how dramatic as fuck this sounds, hyperbolic, but I don't want to be looking back 10 years from now being like, damn, we let this shit get away. And now look at us. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean it, it sounds hyperbolic, but I don't think he's it's, <coughs> sorry. I don't think it's totally nearly as hyperbolic as people want to claim it is. We're we're getting ready to exit from the UN Human Rights Council. Right. The United like, that's States. Big. The United States. I mean like I can't imagine what this looks like from the outside. They must think this country is fucking being held hostage by a madman. And I'm sure they're just wondering why aren't there more people underneath him working with who are working with him who are working in the congress and like why aren't why isn't there this outcry against everything he does like it it's insane to think that because a lot of people believe that the reason why um we're exiting because the united states had talked about leaving before because of how critical the u.n human rights council is of israel and their actions in gaza and um the continued building of settlements and the displacement of palestinian people but recently a couple of weeks ago well not a couple of weeks ago in the last couple of weeks um the human rights council has been critical of the treatment of undocumented people and obviously with the separating of families they were very critical just like you know former first lady um god what's not barbara bush uh, what's not barbara bush that's the one who passed away oh um oh yeah uh the other bush uh laura Laura Bush, um, who came out with that scathing op-ed. And now many people believe that because uh, they were critical of Trump, uh, that he has directed, um, uh, what's her name, Nikki Haley and the Secretary of State to remove the United States from the Human Rights Council, which is (sighs) one thing I'm, I'm hoping, obviously, that Trump loses in 2020. But one of the most interesting things I think will ha- that will happen in 2020 if the right loses and we get a better president in will be the Milkopa apology tour that people are that someone's going to have to go on and be like, "Yo, we are so sorry." Yeah, but I mean, or, like we this shit, like we said last episode, who would believe us? I mean, who would take us seriously on that apology tour because? We did it once before with Bush, and then here we are again with uh, with um. Here's here's Trump. the deal. The thing the thing with Bush, the thing with Bush. I think I think anyone could understand. I think people. I mean, people weren't really stunned by what happened with Bush and Gore. Um, people were confused by the fact that Bush just wasn't statesmanlike, you know, and wasn't didn't seem very intelligent. But, like, Trump is, like, a, no, I don't think anyone thought Bush was a genuine madman or someone who would literally get us into, like, a nuclear war. No one had those concerns for Bush. They were definitely sure he'd get a lot of people killed, but not, like, oh, he might cause a world war. He might do something stupid enough to, you know, do something historically dangerous. Yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah. I, I think as anyone coming back... Anyone else but Trump in the office coming back, hopefully, 
Though, if that happens, you would think there would be, you know, a, a victory in 2018 with a bigger victory in 2020 um, where the pendulum swings back to the left and America basically says, hey, you can see we're we're trying to undo some of the damage. Mm-hmm. We were asleep at the wheel and God almighty, we're trying to undo some of the damage. Um, but it's not all bad right now because the World Cup has started. Unfortunately, I have not been able to, uh, like I said, I've been under the weather. So like, I just, it hasn't really been on my, my radar much. Uh, and, and it's a shame because there are really only two sporting events I actually care about and, and watch on a, re- on a, like, you know, a fervent basis. And it's the world cup and, uh, the Olympics. So it, it, it sucks that I haven't been able to make the time to, um, to follow, follow the world cup. Well, so this is, is my suggestion to you. Um, all the games are 8, 11, and 2. So if you can't catch them after the game ends, go to um, Fox Sports, who because they're the company that has the um, World Cup, and you can click on the groups that have played, and they have this thing called 90 in 90. So it's the 90 minutes of game in 90 seconds, and it basically shows... Just the highlights, the goals, the big moments. And so you get a feel of how the game actually felt um, instead of just getting the highlights of the goals. It's re- it's a really cool setup. And it's only you know a minute and 30 seconds each video. So um, that's how I've been able to catch up and really follow the games that I've missed just by spending, a mi- you know, what, six minutes to see all the three or four games, depending upon how many games are played that, that day. Well, is there a way to watch like all the games, like like oh, yeah. the full game? Just out of just wondering. Yeah, so if you go also go to that because I you know I gave you my information. Um, if you click on any of the games that have already been played, mm-hmm. um, you can rewatch all the games. Okay, good. That's what I need to do. Because like every year, every not every year, every, every World Cup, I I I'm always rooting for uh, Brazil. I'm always rooting, uh, and then like. It switches between like France and Italy, depending on on like the bracket and, and something, like like so I'll, I'll have like three teams like France, Italy, or, or uh, England. But then I always have like an underdog, which is typically some African nation that that has really you know shown up. Like a, who was the last last Olympics that, that kicked America out? Of? And I was like, well, I'm gonna root for these guys. Uh, I think it was the Black Stars of Ghana. Yeah, yeah. So Ghana, they got. They went okay. I mean, they did okay, but uh, yeah. Oh, they did great yeah. for it, especially for an African nation. So like, um, so I, I've got yeah. to find my underdog this year. Well, my suggestion would be Senegal. They just upset um, Poland, who were supposed to be the uh, number six team in the na- in the, in the nation in the world, uh, supposed to be leading their group, and Japan also in that group upset Colombia, who was supposed to be the other team that was supposed to advance mm-hmm. out of. I think it's Group H. Um, but yeah, so Japan, Argentina. Winners. That's another team that I I, I I think I like their coach more than than anything. But um, I'm a big fan. My I'll tell you, Spain is my play to uh, to win it all. They're my pick. Um, I'm in a a fantasy World Cup pool, and Thanks Spain's my me. pick. Spain's my pick to go all the way through. Uh, that's my bad. I got it last minute, but I still probably could have passed that text on. 
Um, speaking of Spain, you should go if you do go back and rewatch the game. Start with the Spain Portugal game. It's the best game of the tournament mm-hmm. so far. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing thing, and more proof that Ronaldo is the better player. And Messi ain't shit. <laughs> Did you see that thing about how um, there was an earthquake when uh, Mexico scored Mexico against scored, Germany? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's so cool, dude. So. Germany uh, has been basically like in every World Cup, uh, and this was only their second opening loss ever. Uh, opening game, um, opening match, yeah, loss ever. And Mexico, flip side of that, uh, they've won five of their last six opening matches, which is tied for the longest streak ever. So if they make it into the World Cup next year, win one, mm-hmm. they'll have the longest streak in the history of the World Cup. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So yeah, World Cup has been exciting. Soccer's my favorite sport, easily. So it's been great to see um, the uh, big boys sort of get some punches on the chin from uh, you know Aragua, who just barely squeaked by, and uh, you had Argentina who drew, um, Brazil who drew. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how these people rebound, especially the Germans. I don't know who plays them next, but. They're going to get fucking 7-1 or something like that. It's going to be ugly. They're going to be mad. Yeah, I, I know who is mad is um, Saudi Arabia. Like, not only did they play bad, they lost, what, 5-0 to, to Russia? Yeah, it's Russia who was one of the lowest-ranked teams. So Russia just beat Egypt today. So they're going to advance to um, their first knockout stage, I think, since like since they were the Soviet Union. So it's it's. Um, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that they're playing in Russia? <laughs> do you um, think there's no, some shenanigans e- going on? No, Egypt is just wasn't that good. Their best player, Mohamed um, Salah, uh, was injured because Sergio Ramos is a bitch, and he's a cheap uh, dude who injures people on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so he basically in the Champions League final, 13 minutes in, took the guy who was having the best year in soccer and uh, dislocated his shoulder by dragging his shoulder and just dragging him down and landing on top of it. And so he did a lot of rehab to get back for the World Cup, but he missed the first game because he wasn't fit. And this last game, you know, he's running off all this rust, so he didn't really have the groove to help Egypt, I think, elevate them to their stage. So, I mean, Russia did what they had to do to win, and they crushed Saudi Arabia when they played them. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Russia did what they did. They're going to get bounced in the knockout rounds in the first game. Whoever's playing Russia is going to be ecstatic, especially if Russia wins the group. Shit. Mm-hmm. Russia wins the group. You want to come in second place against them because that's basically a free pass into the round of 18. I mean, of 8, not 18. 16 to 8. Yeah, round of 8. So, But that has been world your World Cup news. Yeah. Poor America. We didn't make it there. Yeah, you know, but you know what? This this is what this is what the United States needs. Um, because I'm know, blaming Trump. Panama would have been, uh, we would have been where Panama's playing, uh, and Panama's garbage, and they're gonna get trounced by everyone they play. They already lost three nothing. They're gonna lose by like five to England. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this is what happens when you take shit for granted and just assume that because you're America that hey we might not be Mexico but we're going to be Costa Rica and Panama and 
Jamaica and all these other small nothing countries, and all of a sudden you get fucking trounced because you're because you're garbage. And this is what we need. We if we really want to make soccer great, one we have to improve our national league uh, because MLS is garbage, man. That's the reason why you have these old ass dudes who can't play in Europe anymore. They come over here and they're going. They're winning MVPs and they're winning championships, barely working. Yeah, it's because our league is garbage. So we got to fix that shit, and we need to make it attractive to be a soccer player for the United States, so that we can get these kids who will be like, "Yeah, I'll work at one of the soccer academies," and that's literally all I'll do. I mean, you have kids who are like eight and nine, some younger than that, five and six, who are going into like the Manchester United academies, the Liverpool academies, and not just the big boys, even small teams have these academies where these kids are playing and they're trying to push them forward. We have nothing like that in America. We play fucking little league and maybe traveling team. If, if you're, if you're lucky or talented or wealthy enough to do well, it. Well, here's a, might be a stupid question, but, um, why is it that, um, are, cause isn't our women's team like so much better than the male's team, like performance-wise, and like they sh- they they win better and all that? Um, why aren't they a it's... bigger deal? Why aren't the women a bigger yeah. deal? Because no one cares about women's sports. Why isn't the WNBA a, a bigger deal? It's better fundamentals. They shoot better. They pass better. They have better defense because it's not as exciting, and because we're a you know misogynist society. That's a small. I mean, that's the biggest answer. You know, everyone loves the women uh, when when they win, but when they win the final game, but the, no one watches them throughout. Mm-hmm. The Women's World Cup, most people don't watch that. Well, that's a shame. I mean, the I watched so much softball this year on ESPN just because they put a lot of it on. And so uh, sometimes at night or randomly, if I didn't have something to watch or when I should have been watching one of the millions of shows I was behind, I'd watch like college softball and those that, that I mean, obviously playing softball has changed my, my opinion on, on the sport, like just being more informed by it. But like seeing them do fast pitch at such a close range and the way they play defense and the way the small strategies of it, it's an interesting game to watch, but they don't put it on prime time. They don't put it on ESPN two. It's always on like ESPN Classic or ESPN three. It's always the last place to go. Yeah, because it's women's sports. Oh, that's a shame. We should probably do something to fix that. I mean, the Dagon women's team had the strike to get equal pay. They literally went through all the phases, being like, "Hey, can we talk about this?" No, we really want to talk about this. This is a demand for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. We're not going to play. Like, they had to go through all those stages just to get equal pay from U.S. soccer, which is funded by the government. It's not like they're having to raise that fucking money. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what's not ridiculous. Juneteenth Day. Which it happens to be. It is Juneteenth Day. And Juneteenth, for those of you who don't know, is basically the celebration of uh, the freedom or the emancipation of slaves in the South, Um, particularly in Texas, which was one of the last states to be notified, basically, that um, slavery was had ended and or that slaves were free. Um, Obviously, there were no there was no Internet. There were no telephones. So. 
Ah, oh, stupid motorcycles. I, I can't hear it. You can keep going. Oh, sorry. Um, so when the Emancipation Proclamation was announced and then finally finalized, uh, it took a while for that news to reach different, like all different areas of the South. Um, and you know what's funny about that? You can see things like that <clears throat> throughout history because, um, like if you look at the Revolutionary War, there are people who, um, heard that, you know, America was free of colonial rule long before they even knew that we were at war with, with, uh, with England. So it's like, it's, it's kind of funny how, you know, technology and all that has, has changed all that. But, um, yeah, so Juneteenth Day is, is a celebration of, you know, everybody in America finally figuring out and finally being notified that, you know, we're all free and, and slavery is ended. And it's, it's a funny thing we're talking about. Cause we're talking about like, um, these holidays that, you know, are big holidays in certain parts of the world and certain parts of America, but aren't necessarily big holidays everywhere. And like Juneteenth day, I didn't realize, um, a lot of people celebrated until quite recently. Um, when I saw these, uh, you know, things on Twitter about it. Like, I know we celebrated it growing up because our parents wanted to make sure that that was important. It was an important holiday and all that. But I didn't realize that, like, in Texas, it's a state holiday. Like, everybody gets a day off. And uh, banks are closing all that jazz. Louisiana is also another state that celebrates Juneteenth. Um, I know there are many regions and counties where they also get, you know, the paid day off and a holiday. So... It's just so it was so crazy to me to think about, you know, people getting that day off. But then I moved up to Massachusetts and we have this thing called Patriots Day. Some people call it Evacuations Day, um, but it's basically commemora- commemorates the Battle of Lexington and Concord. Um, Concord, Concord. The, fir- the first battles of the Revolutionary American Revolutionary War and around the world. Wait, no, that's and, Lexington. Um, yeah, yeah, Lexington. Yeah, yeah. Shot her around the world. Uh, and so Patriots Day is a big thing up here. God forbid you don't have that day off. You must be so miserable. But um, it's also the day of the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. And basically on that day, everything, I mean, almost every team plays in Boston. The Celtics will play. The The marathon starts early in the morning. The Red Sox play at 11. The Bruins will play at like 1 o'clock. And then the Celtics will play at night. And it's just a whole night of drinking, sports, patriotism, and drinking, really. Do you, have you been to the, the marathon? Have you done that and watched it and all that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had – I went – I've gone to the marathon probably three or four times. I used to go all the time. Um, I went the year before the bomb went off. Uh, the year that the bomb went off, the reason why I didn't go was because of – snow days becky um didn't have the day off mm-hmm. so i was like you know i'm not gonna go in by myself that's no there's no point in that so i just took the dogs into the woods and then shit went crazy your wife my wife my wife um but yeah i mean it's not <clears throat> but yeah not all of these uh holidays are uh great though there are some wacky weird ones and there are also just some shitty ones uh if you live down south you might get juneteenth day but you also might get confederate related holidays you know 
either generals or leaders or in some states the entire fucking month. Yeah, I think well, there's a uh, Confederates Day. Um, there's like a General Lee's Day and all this weird bullshit. Yeah, Georgia's one of those states where you get a bunch of that. You know, they'll do reenactments at like uh, all the different battlefields and monuments and shit like that. That shit's just fucking bonkers. That'd be like having Nazi Day in in Germany. Yeah. Um, I think all those days should go away. But it is is one of those things that's kind of just interesting how, you know, there's a different flavor or different parts of the country. Like, like, um, even abroad, uh, I know in Japan they have a Children's Day, which is a really kick-ass day holiday. It's like, kind of celebrates, you know, and for a country like ours that is all about, uh, you know, kids are the future and all that, that nonsense, I'm surprised we don't have a day like that. We have a Mother's Day, a Father's Day, but I guess the kids say it's their birthday. But, I don't know. I always loved about that, um, just the festivals of Japan, the holidays they had. Obviously, the Cherry Blossom Festival, the Drumming Festival, the Snow Festival, where in Okinawa, they would just, in this one town, they would line the street with snow that they had either brought in or made. And they just had a giant snowball yeah. fight. I remember the first time we went to that festival, how... Just the joy on people's faces. You know, Americans, Okinawans, Japanese, young, old, everyone just for a moment being kids with this very limited amount of fun that's literally melting in your hands and you're getting hit with these snow and slush balls. It was really cool. Yeah, I think my favorite holiday was the Cherry Blossom uh, Festival. Uh, I like the like the um, festival with the, the festival of the temples. It was a lot of stairs, but it was cool to go to like all those different uh, temples and see all the people doing the prayers and smelling the incense and shit. Plus, we found that really cool park that had those roller slide, um, like slides, I mm-hmm. guess. And that you remember getting like cardboard the second time we went to those parks and just flying down those yeah, things. I mean, it, uh, you should. We should probably put um, a, a picture of those slides in the um, show notes because I mean they are amazing. It's like these slides. They're not normal slides. They're made out of these like these rolls rollers that you, you kind of roll down and slide down that way. And it's just a, a lot of fun. I mean, it, it takes some getting used to because the first kind of times you do it, it, it irritates the hell out of your legs because it's just not something you're used to. Yeah, we'll link a video um, and some pictures to that because it really is just something amazing. And God, it's... It takes me back just thinking about it. But not all wacky holidays are cool. Um, some are shitty. Some are just straight-up BS holidays, like Talk Like a Pirate Day. And the reason why I call that a BS one is not only because people don't really know how to talk like a pirate. No one does it all day. You know, if you did it all day, I think it's a real festival. 
National Bourbon Day, you should put that shit in your coffee in the morning. You should mix it in your <laughs> Coke at work. You should have one at at home. You know, make yourself an old fashioned. Just really do it up. But if you only half acid or one percent acid, talk like a pirate every you know every now and then. It's not a real festival. It's not a real holiday. I'll tell you one that uh, maybe they'll take my key card away from me, but uh, I can't stand um, uh, Star Wars Day or or May the May the Fourth or whatever. It's like it, Star Wars gets like three a year. Like they get Star Wars Day, then they get like May the Fourth, and then Revenge of the Sith if you're I guess cynical or whatever. It's like get out of here with that bullshit. Like. I don't know, it's just, I, I hate these days, it, I, I know what it is, I just don't like these days that are obviously, like, manufactured to get some sort of, uh, you know, like like Valentine's commercialism. Day, commercialism, yep. you know, uh, like National, I, I'm okay with National Pie Day or Donut Day, but I just, like, at the point, it's like, there's a national day for everything, every day, it's, it's meaningless, if every day has a special day or whatever, you know, I think but I think there are other special days that that people should definitely celebrate and and should um, be something that everybody talks about like all the time, like Loving's Day. That's a day that people should talk about. How uh, you know the Supreme Court ruled that <clears throat> same uh, not same sex but interracial marriages are okay and and, and no longer illegal. Um, if along with you know Juneteenth Day, like these days that celebrate like these big moments in civil rights history uh when the next time we have an anniversary for uh marriage equality that should be a big day that should be a big celebration uh, right now june is, um, is pride month and i think like you know there are a, a lot of big days and big months that, that we should really celebrate and, and put to the forefront as opposed to some of these like fake holidays and things like that i mean i i get wanting to be fun and all that but um at the same time, I think you you crowd the calendar and it, it starts to lose its meaning. Uh, Marriage Equality Day would be uh, June twenty sixth. June is just a month of like just all the equalities. You got Juneteenth, you got Loving's Day, you have Marriage Equality Day. It should be called Me Day. <laughs> Marriage Equality, or maybe Med Day instead of Me Day. Med Day, Happy Med Day. No, because then you don't have to say med. That'd be med day day. Yeah. Yeah, me day. Happy me day. Or, yeah, happy me. I don't like national me day. That's, that's too much. We'll work on this. We'll, we'll put a pin on that one. Um, but I agree. We should celebrate those things. And we should, you know, celebrate, like, maybe celebrate the Children's Day and celebrate a sibling's day. And... Maybe do more to celebrate Veterans Day or, you know, just something to give more recognition to the high points in society and the good things in our history. So, I mean, from the strange to the unique, all in all, I guess I love most of these holidays more than I hate them. Yeah, me too. I mean, there are a few out there that, that are worth hating on, and I don't think that they're celebrated widely. You know, like, nobody's really celebrating um, Stonewall Jackson Day all across America. It's probably just a few backwards country city towns, you know? Yep. Um, like, like I, if people actually got the day off of work or something for that, I think people would flip their shit. They'd be like, yo, this ain't cool. I'm taking the day off, but that shit's not cool. <laughs> yeah, I will take the day. 
but I'm taking the day to protest, taking the day by drinking a lot the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, August 13th is Left Handers Day. <sighs> Why? I mean, we are an underprivileged group of people, but do we need our own day? Really? I agree. I think Rum Day, which comes three days later on August 16th, is a much more worthy day. I mean, I don't know about all that either. I do. I'm not down with uh, that. I'm not down with that uh, at all. You know, else I'm not down with Reg. What's that? Ass hats. Oh. And it's been, and it's been a while since we've had an ass hat nominee. Um, and a hero of the year, but we have some people who are just dying to be on this list. And Reg, I'm just gonna let you go ahead and hit us with your nominee for asshats of um, the year. My nominee is uh, these ICE detention apologists, these people who are all about, you, you know, and specifically, I, I know I've, I've beaten this dead horse a bit, and I'm gonna beat it a bit more. But like people who want like Jeff Sessions and. And all these other people who want to use the Bible as some sort of a shield, as a way to excuse away the evil shit that they're doing. Um, you know, like we said, if you're, se- if you're for um, separating children from their families, then, um, yeah, you know what? You're probably on the wrong side of the history on that one. Uh, I-, I can't think of a time in history when that was like a good thing. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, like, it, don't come at me with this, well, so a rapist should stay with his family. Don't Don't come at me with that bullshit. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the mass separation, this stuff. And, and, and you have all these people in ICE and DHS and all these places that are like, oh, I'm just following orders. And that didn't work in Nuremberg, and it's not going to work when history judges you. So all those people, you know, like, they're all the assets of the year. And the fact that this has all come down to just, like, a partisan issue, um, I don't understand. I, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't understand the right and what they stand for. If, you know, like, these things like, don't beat up black people who are unarmed, you know, police brutality. If that's a left issue, what does the right stand for? If uh, keeping families together is a left issue, well, what exactly does the right stand for? What are you guys all about? You know, I just, I just would like that answered. You know, for me, um, I think it's, it's, it's even, I mean, that's part of it, but the other part of me is just also society Society needs to start calling people out and saying, you know what? You don't get to call yourself this anymore. Or you don't get to say you stand for this anymore. Um, I do appreciate the fact that, like, you know, Jeff Sessions came out and tried to use the Bible to justify the detainment of these kids and turning away people. And the American Baptist Association, um, United, came out with the message and said, you know, first of all, this is not what Christ would have wanted. Second of all, this is not his teaching. And then had a like two paragraph blurb about just how incorrectly he had interpreted that um, the particular Bible verse he used and how that verse has been used to justify terrible things like slavery, the genocide of the Native American people, the displacement. Like it's good to see some groups coming out to do that, but like evangelicals, they just had their um, yearly one of their yearly conferences and they had Mike Pence come out as their keynote speaker. And it's like, you're so connected with this evil, but because it gives you money and it gives you access to power, you're willing to turn on everything you supposedly stand for. It's just terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say Kamel Harris as my 
as hatch is because you know she can't decide whether ice deserves to exist or shouldn't exist but you know i guess she supports ice existing but she also wants the department of homeland security who runs ice to to resign and she doesn't want them to hold kids in cages maybe she just wants them to be in cages together with their parents i don't know Kamala Harris, I just Kamala Harris, yeah, because Kamala, because it's like she wants ICE to exist, but doesn't want them to do their job. How does that, you know, like is very? I don't know how she square that circle that she's trying to square. I want the Gestapo. I just want a friendlier Gestapo, right? You know, I don't want them to be so violent. Maybe wear less black, some some pastels. No, not cool. Jewish people should be in incarcerated they, but they shouldn't be in concentration camps like what yeah like what well, no i'm sorry you can't be like i want half ice nah nah it doesn't work that way and, and she's uh, probably one of the front runners that's gonna run in 2020 and she's like i can see we've already lost that one i'm i'm telling you man this idea that you have to vote um they have to vote for the left. It sucks because really we can't let Trump win again, but I just can't do it. But real quickly, um, hero of the year. This is a guy I wanted to talk about the last couple of um, episodes. We just haven't had the time to get to it. Um, Rodney Smith Jr. Uh, you should check him out on Twitter. Uh, he has created a thing called raising men lawn care service. And basically he has this plan to mow uh, 50 lawns in 50 States. Uh, and so he's gone to a bunch of states already, all up the uh, East Coast. He was I didn't know about him when he was in Massachusetts, but he's just going around mowing the lawns for elderly, for single parents, for um, the disabled, basically anyone in need, someone who doesn't have the capabilities or the access or the money. Um, and all the times I've seen him doing, you know, with military veterans today, the 19th. Uh, he did the lawn of a military veteran who was who had lost both his legs, and um, his roommate who was um, had lost four of his limbs. And since he started this project, he has people all over whenever he's in a different town because he'll announce where he's going to be the next day or where he is that day. Um, he's had you know kids from a football team whose coach allowed them to take a day off from summer practice to go with him with a bunch of lawnmowers to mow a bunch of people's lawns. People who are have their day off, you're like, yo, I want to help you out. Um, I think that's such a cool thing. Really want to spread his message. Uh, he just um, graduated, I believe, with his master's degree in social work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, this is basically one of his, um, his missions to help you know, to just to help people out. It's so great to see him, you know, all over the place with these different people who are so grateful for what he's doing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and uh, we salute you. Rodney Smith Jr. Whoop, whoop. <coughs> Sorry. Um, uh, with that, we're going to, we're going to leave you with that. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening. Um, Next week, we might not be here because uh, I've got a weird week coming up. Um, but we'll try to get together and, and put something out. But until then, as always, uh, speak your truth, tell your story, and stay woke.
You can find John at Tempe WMF on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find his other stuff at Tempe'sWorld.com. And you can find Reggie at Hedonis, that's H-I-D-D-A-N-A-S. He co-hosts In My Humble Opinion and the Cinema Chat Podcast.